is Jared and the GM on ESPN 1025 The Game. We are live today at Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House in East Nashville, where, of course, they are going to have Smashville Live tonight at 8 o'clock, plus Preds Insiders. No, excuse me, Smashville Live is at 7 o'clock. Preds Insiders is at 6 o'clock. So it's all loaded. Come on out tonight out here at Boomba's. Crab Pizza and Tap House in East Nashville. So come on out today. We'll be here, of course, until 6 o'clock. And we'll be talking about the big story today, which is the fact that the end of the Marcus Mariota era has come and hit us, Floyd Reese. It is for a show that is talked about Marcus Mariota literally almost every single day for, I don't know, four years. Been a while. And it's over. Marcus Mariota, by the way, since 2017, number two in the NFL in come-from-behind drives. He's number one in terms of passer rating in the Tennessee Titans franchise. He's number one in completion percentage in the history of the franchise. He's number five in passing yards in the history of the franchise. He's number four in the NFL in red zone passing since 2015. And his four-year win total in the Tennessee Titans history is good for second amongst all-time quarterbacks for Tennessee Titans. That is what Marcus Mariota has accomplished, and much, much more. Number two in terms of single-game completion percentage in NFL history. Highest completion percentage in a game in franchise history, number one. So Mariota has a lot, a lot of accomplishments under his belt. We remember the Patriot game. We remember the Kansas City playoff game. We remember the scramble against Jacksonville to get into play. We remember all of that. And yet it's over. And we remember Mike Malarkey and Terry Rubisky and the fact that the fans and obviously the general manager thought that they needed a new coach and they needed a new philosophy and they needed to fix him and they needed to help him. So in comes Vrabel. In comes Matt LaFleur, then Arthur Smith. In comes Corey Davis in the first round, and yet did it work. The offensive line, it's a mess. So I asked Mariota today if he felt like the organization kind of failed him. Do you think this organization, with all the coaching changes, all the OC changes, the offensive line the way it is, do you think the organization let you down as much as maybe you didn't fulfill what you wanted to do with the organization? Um, for me, my expectation was always to be the best player that I can be for this team. Um, and, you know, I, to the day that I die, I believe that I gave it all that I got. And, um, you know, no matter what, I can learn and grow from this situation. This isn't going to bring me down. This isn't going to, uh, you know, end my career. This is an opportunity for me to grow, and uh, I'm going to make the most of it. So very well said, Mario, to answer. So Floyd, on top of that, Vrabel today was asked if he failed Marcus Mariota. You guys fail Marcus, did Marcus fail you? Does it go hand in hand? Um, you know, I don't think that that's even something I've even tried to consider. Just trying to uh, get a team ready this week, um, be respectful of, of both the quarterbacks. That's, that's why I gave it the thought that I did and, and met with them uh, when I did um, so that we can move forward with the game plan and, and getting these guys ready to go. Uh, the respect for the team uh, to try to let um, – most of, if not all, of the team leaders to try to let them know prior to them seeing something on social media. I feel like we have a lot of guys that deserve to know uh, that, that bust their butt for us. So that's really what I'm concerned about. So basically no comment. 
Floyd, do we think the Titans ruined Mariota, or is Mariota simply just not good enough? Well, I mean, I'm not going to point fingers, you know, one way or the other. I will say this. He's had four and a half going on five years to prove if he could do it or not. Has it been, would it have been better if you'd have been with the same guy for five years? Same coach, same everything? Yeah, it would have been better. But by the same token, if that was the case, you wouldn't get five years. You would have had two or you would have had three. And if that didn't work, then they'd be moving on. So I think there's the, the problem is this. Time and the league, the impatience of the league does not allow you the length of time you need to get this done. Marcus, by, by quarterback standards, getting five years as a starter is probably a record. Well, he earned the five years. Well, maybe. He was 26-9 and nine in year two and went to the playoffs in year three. You're going to get rid of him after going to the playoffs? No, after year two. You're I'm fine. talking about year three. After, after year three? He goes to the playoffs. Then year four? They were never going to get rid of him after year three. Let me say this. You could say what you want. But generally speaking, quarterbacks in this league do not get five years. They don't get four years. They get two or three. And if you've got the same coach, we, we made excuses for him for four years. We helped him. So I, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I would have to think in his mind he has to say, you know what, uh, I mean, I, it would have been a lot better for me had I not had a bunch of different coaches or a bunch of different whatevers. Uh, but by the same token, that bought him time. And so I, I think it, you know, probably worked out from a longevity standpoint, probably worked out better than it could have. That did not buy him time. That Mar- you, you were Mariota in his second year was 26 and nine. You're not going to move on from the guy after his second year at 26 and nine. Mariota's third year was a good year into the playoffs and winning a playoff game. They were never going to move on from him. People here were convinced Mariota was a franchise quarterback after that third year when they got to the playoffs. If anything, That's they said wrong. Malarkey and Rabisky were holding wrong. him back. That is wrong. It's after the second year you looked at him and you said, this guy's got a chance to be the franchise quarterback. Starting his third year, we were going downhill. His fourth year, he was on a rapid slide, and then you got the beginning of this year. And so he was never as good in his third and fourth and fifth as he was in his second. I agree. but and, so, and consequently, if it would have been the same coaches over time, I mean, there would have, you wouldn't have gotten the five years. Because they, they're forced to change. Somebody's forced to change. I believe they ruined him. I believe that Marcus Mariota was a perfectly good quarterback, and they ruined him. It started with Ken Wisenhunt. It went from Wisenhunt to that year of purgatory where Malarkey was the coach and Jason Michael was calling plays and Mariota was getting killed. The second year, he was good. But remember how he ended the second year? He broke his leg. And after that, you know, is he going to be as mobile? Let's not move him around so much. Let's... Then he gets hurt the third year, and they fire the coach after winning a playoff game. Now, I am convinced that Mike Malarkey was a better coach for Marcus Mariota than Mike Vrabel was, simply because the results were much better under Mike Malarkey than they were under Mike Vrabel. Now, maybe the team is better off with Mike Vrabel as coach. I don't know. But as far as Marcus is concerned, he's much better with Malarkey than he was 
with the other two coaches. Also, and I thought about this today, John Robinson let DeMarco Murray go, who was going to make $6 million, so he could sign Dion Lewis for $5 million. Dion. Well, that wasn't the switch. I mean, he didn't he did not sign Marcus to sign Dion. I mean, if that's DeMarco what you're trying Dion? to pretend. Well, I mean, DeMarco left <laughs> and Dion came in. Well, that's not what. I mean, it may have happened that way, but it wasn't his choice. Hey, I think Dion is better than DeMarco. That's not the case. DeMarco was headed downhill. I mean, DeMarco could have been here if DeMarco would have taken anything less than the $6 million or whatever it was they owed him. But he wasn't going to play, and he was going to come in, and he was going to be – he wasn't going to be the same guy he was two years prior. And consequently, you know, he did cost him his job, and, and, he, and he didn't play afterwards. You know, and, he was done. And the final move that I think, you know, is why I think they ruined him – well, the two moves I think that ruined him. One, I mean, Russ Grimm is in bad health right now, so I'm not really sure Russ Grimm would be able to come in and, and do anything uh, if he were still even on Malarkey staff. But – Keith Carter, the offensive line coach, has been terrible since the day he got here. But more importantly, they let Josh Klein, a starting caliber NFL guard, go and didn't really have an idea of where they were going to replace him. And the replacements they've had so far have been bad. And the offensive line has been bad, and that has let Marcus down. So even though in the NFL maybe nobody feels bad for you if your team ruins you, and that is probably how the, the league works. Like if the Lions screwed you over when you were coaching there, nobody feels bad for Floyd Reese, the special teams coach, who had no special teams. You know, they just look at it as, hey, you were special teams coach and you were 29th in the league. So maybe nobody feels bad for you in this league. And that's probably true. All right. But just looking at it honestly, this team ruined him as a coach. I don't see, I don't see that at all. I don't, I don't see that any way, shape, or form. And I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not saying Marcus was. I'm not evaluating Marcus because I don't. He, he's. This is not a good day for him, and it's not for me to. But, but he would have never gotten five years with anybody else. Never. The only reason he got five years was because they kept changing coaches, and the the argument was the same. This guy was the second pick off off the board. This guy should be able to play. We need some. I can do it. I can coach him, coach. I can do it. Got in there. Didn't work. And after you go through two or three or however many coaches, then all of a sudden it starts going the other way. So wait a minute now. All these guys bad coaches? You know, all of them? I mean, it seems like one of them along the way should have been good enough to, to improve him. You know what Crispy said to me last year? No. Nope. We're at the arena. Crispy says to me, he goes, Hey, Stiller, I got a question for you. So what's up, Crispy? He goes, you know, I don't know football, but is Mariota any good? And I looked at him. I said, Crispy, that is a $100 million question. And nobody knew the answer. Did the Titans ruin Marcus? 615-737-1025. We're to your phones. Coming up next, 615-737-1025. And is this situation fair? What Mariota had to say about it, we'll get to that next. Live from Boomba's. Craft Pizza and Tap House in East Nashville. Come on out, Smashville Live is here tonight. It's shared in the GM on ESPN 1025, the game. My evaluation of the offense, how much is it on the quarterback, in this case, Ryan versus the other 10 guys out there? I I told the team this morning that make a change and I made a decision, but, you know, we we have to play better. I mean, it's not, uh, it wasn't 
anything that I said that I didn't believe when it's not about one person or one player. And so hopefully, you know, we can continue to to improve a lot of those spots. That was Rabel today. Again, Marcus Mariota benched as Titans quarterback officially. And, I, I mean, if you could see the look on Rabel's face, I mean, he looked like – I'm not going to say he looked like he was about to cry, but Mike Rabel's probably, what, 45 years old? Uh, yeah, I would guess. Yeah, he looked to be about 65 years old today. And then – Oh, these decisions will do it to you now. When he got asked – two questions about the Chargers. He was like all just jazzed up to talk Chargers. Oh, let's talk. Keenan Allen and Rivers. Oh, thank God. And I'm like, nobody cares about the Chargers right now. We'll get to the Chargers tomorrow, Friday. But, uh, yeah, man, he, you could tell it's, it's pained him. I asked Mariota today whether he thought, given everything that had gone on, did he think this was fair? Marcus, for how much you've been through with this organization, do you think it's fair for them to pull the rug out like this? Well, that's up to them. Um, you know, for me as a player, I'm going to take it and run with it and learn. Um, you know, and uh, no matter what, it is tough. It's a tough pill to swallow. Um, but for me as an athlete, I can learn and grow from it. Let me tell you, the look on Mariota's face and the vibe I got from him was, he's done here. You know, it was that they made their decision. I mean, I'm going to do my job because I'm a pro, but it's over here. And that's where we are today. Let's go to your phones. Robert in Nashville on Robert. the day that Mariota gets benched. Robert, go ahead. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. <laughs> well, enjoyed your show and all, but, you know, I was listening to you guys and uh, talking about Mariota. And, you know, I'm going to just say this, you know, that that what you're talking about, you know, I just cannot agree. Marcus, to me, he had chance after chance, and he didn't do anything with it. Now, like Floyd was saying, had Marcus had been on plan for somebody else, he wouldn't have got all those chances. But, you know, you just cannot, to me, ride on that horse for that long and not get thrown off if, you know, if you're not careful. And that's what Marcus has did, have, have, have been doing. Marcus, to me, Marcus, he, he basically, he owed the fan base. And I appreciate Marcus getting on the radio the other day right after I said something about it. Now, he probably didn't listen, but he got on the radio the next day and he, and he gave, you know, a talk or a speech. But Marcus owed his, his fans and his coaches an apology. I mean, they believed in him enough to give him all those years and then, you know, to turn around and get on the radio and, and not even acknowledge that, that's not right. And then, you know, that Mike Malarkin freak, you know, I'm glad to see him go, and he's part of the reason why Marcus probably in, in kind of the shape that he is because the way that uh, he kind of utilized Marcus. And I'm going to say the last thing, Marcus, like I told you guys before, when Marcus was getting hurt and all, uh, playing, and when he tried to come back from that injury, I kept telling everybody, I said, this guy, he's a good guy, but he's playing scared. He's not letting it all go on the field. I mean, when you get hurt like that, I mean, you got to get back up like riding a motorcycle. You get hurt on a motorcycle, <laughs> sometimes you got to get back on it and keep riding well, it, no matter what people are saying about you. <laughs> Thank you, Robert. Let me say Thanks, this. Robert. I do wonder 
And it, this hasn't been brought up, and he hasn't made it a deal. And, and again, nobody feels bad for you in the NFL, in my opinion. I wonder if he's hurt. I wonder if Mariota's hurt. And if because he knew what was at stake, if he got hurt this season, that he just didn't tell anybody, didn't say anything. And then I wonder if he's over the injury that bothered him last year, that nerve injury in his elbow. Because he is not the same quarterback. Truth is, those things don't matter, you know. Nobody in the league cares. No, nobody cares. It's results-based, you know, what have you done? And it's, and it's, everybody hates these days. Everybody goes through them. And, and there's no easy way to do it other than just do it, get through it, you know, get into bed at night tonight and wake up in the morning and start all over. But nobody likes it. I mean, it is really, really hard. But you can't sit around and mope about it. You know, you've got, you have no choice, especially like Vrabel. He has no choice but to get, you know, 53 other guys ready to go play. So I watched Vrabel's uh, first press conference when he took over as coach just to see the things he said about Mariota. He looks like a different man. You know, he's got gray on the side of his, head's ne- on the side of his head oh, now. Yeah. He's got the mustache instead of the beard. Looks like he's probably put on about 10 pounds. I mean, he looks like a – it's like how presidents age. Yeah. That's what Vrabel looks like in the last year and a half. That's not an easy job. Let's go to Cedric. Cedric, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you for calling. Go ahead. Oh, Lord. Uh, Jared, we, now we're saying maybe Marcus is hurt. Listen, one of the interns there needs to go back over the last four or five years and listen to all you talking heads make excuses for Mariota and put it in a book because I'd buy it. It would be great comic relief one day when I'm sitting around getting drunk. Now, Jared, let me ask you this. Every year in the spring, you guys talk, start talking about value for the pick. We can't take this guy there because of value, value, value. What's the return on the investment been for the number two pick overall? I'll tell you what it's been. It's been 29 and 32 in 61 starts. That's what I, I would say. say that's, no, you got, two, there, on, you got two playoff games out of that, which is two more than you got out of Vince. No, it's one more than you got out of Vince Young. But, hey, Jerry, this is almost like we scripted this. Now, let me ask you this. If you're saying that, is Terry Collins one of the best franchise quarterbacks in NFL history? Because he took us to the number one overall seed one year and the best record in the league with the home game. Now, Marcus never did that. but And they have very similar records and winning percentages. But nobody ever talks about what Kerry Collins did for the franchise. And both those bums did about the same thing. I hate to call Kerry Collins a bum because he's a, an accomplished NFL quarterback. Are you comparing Kerry uh, Collins to Mariota? Uh, look at their record. Look, you talk about playoffs. Kerry Collins took us to the number one seed in the NFL. Do you know how hard and subsequently that is lost that first playoff game? But to your point, I think that what we're looking at, Cedric, I think that in in this script, I think Ryan Tannehill is being put in the Kerry Collins role. Yes, but Jerry, listen, man, you can't keep putting lipstick on this pig we call Marcus Mariota, dude. Please stop it, man. It is over. Thank God <laughs> It's over. <laughs> it's over. It's over. Thank you, Cedric. I hope Cedric keeps calling. <laughs> I know. He's got no reason to call anymore. They've benched the guy he can't stand. I, I hope he keeps calling. I mean, he's got no... He's got no reason to call anymore. I mean, that's like I said to my dad yesterday. The only thing that's left this season, because I, I think the season's over at this point. The only thing that's left this season is for Marcus to throw his pads in the stands. 
and then we'll officially have Vince Young. And like that, that's it. That's all that's left. Although, do you know that Marcus has thrown for 5,000 more yards than Vince Young? Which is pretty amazing because Marcus didn't even throw for yards anyways, which tells you how much Vince was throwing. Let's go to uh, Larry. Larry is up next. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Larry. Fellas, Marcus is the nicest coach killer I have ever watched in professional football. That's what he is, first of all. So true. And you act like, like you feel sorry for good. You act like you feel sorry for the guy. I'll make a good living, but hey, I don't make $20 million this year. That's what he says with the mic, roughly. Uh, franchise QB. Let's go over all the quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson, is he better than him? Yes or no, guys? Uh, no. I think no. Garner Mitchell, is he better than him? I mean, I would like to say yes. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. All right, he is. Whatever. Uh, is he better than uh, uh, Brisket? I mean, this is all subjective. No. You can say you that you like this guy more than the... QBs in the NFL right now, they are all better than him. Maybe one or two, so he's a top 30. That's not that's true. Not that's, not, that's, not, that's not true. Larry, thank you for your call. That is, that is a little sensational to say all 32 franchise quarterbacks are better than Marcus Mariota, and that's going to change over time. Like right now, Josh Allen beat Mariota a week ago, but is Josh Allen going to have a better career than Mariota? I don't know. Is Lamar Jackson going to have a better career than Mariota? Well, a lot of people seem to think yes. Floyd, I think you think no. I don't think you think anything of Lamar Jackson. Well, Lamar Jackson is going to have a career doing what he's doing, running. I mean, <laughs> he's going to be, he may be the best running back in the league. <laughs> More of your phones, 615-737-1025, Also coming up uh, on the show, what they're saying in Hawaii. I found that today. We'll have to get to that. Jared and the GM and your phones live from Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House in East Nashville. Come on out and see us. Of course, Preds Insiders and Smashville Live coming up as well. No other pizza restaurant in America has won the title of Best Pizza in America twice. They've got locations in Spring Hill, Bellevue, Murfreesboro, and the huge location we're at here today in East Nashville. If you've got kids, come on in, enjoy pizza, hang out, watch sports, and take them to the Jungle Gym right outside here for tons of fun. Jared and the GM. CSPN 1025 again. I'm not surprised. I, I think this is what I anticipated as far as when you have an organization question whether or not their franchise quarterback is their franchise quarterback. I don't think there's a graceful way to yeah. turn around from that. I mean, this was the only place that they could go. I mean, has Marcus played great this season? No, but at the same time, playing under his fourth offensive coordinator, his third head coach in a system that doesn't showcase his skill set. I think Marcus Mariota, the Tennessee Titans, not the greatest fit, and I don't think they have been for, for three years now. That is Rob DeMello of K-H-O-N in Honolulu, Hawaii. <laughs> now, Rob and Marcus, I believe Rob is the one every year when Mariota does his charity thing and he does that sit-down in Hawaii. I think he's the guy that always does the sit-down with Mariota. So this is what they're saying in Hawaii. They're basically blaming the Titans, which I can't completely disagree with. And this was, um, again, this is Rob DeMello and KHON, which, by the way, is a Titans affiliate for preseason games. I'm going to guess they're not going to be next season a uh, preseason affiliate for Titan football. But this is what <laughs> I would say not. This is what he said when he was asked about the future for Mariota on KHON News. 
So I have three more questions. I mean, in your opinion, you know, what happens from here? What does this mean for Marcus Mariota fans here in Hawaii? And I don't know, what's the best case scenario that can happen moving forward? Well, the best case scenario that moving forward personally, what I think is that Ryan Tannehill comes in and he can play well for the Titans, well enough to keep that starting position. And Marcus can stay on the sideline, take zero damage, not get hurt, mm-hmm. not take any more sacks here this season. And then at the end of the year, he's a free agent and he can find a better fit for him uh, even Better than that, I guess, would be someone coming in and saying we want to trade for Marcus Mariota before the trade deadline here in a couple of weeks. So uh, the, the way I see it is that the, the Marcus Mariota era in Tennessee, this should signal as the end. Um, do I, I, I don't think that his NFL career is over, though. I think it's far from being done. He's still only 26 years old. He's athletic, and he's someone that just needs to be in a better position that suits him. So if the question is, do you think the Titans ruined Mariota, this guy would 100% say yes. (laughs) I would think so, yeah. Let's go back to your phones. Live at Boomboss Craft Pizza and Tap House in East Nashville, Smashville Live tonight at 7 o'clock. John is up next on Marcus. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, John. Hey, Jared. Hey, Jim. Hey, um, there's no way in heck we can say that uh, the Titans let uh, Mariota down. You know, the, the bottom line is the guy did have a great playoff. I mean, he won a playoff game, but come on. He would have never won that playoff game unless we took the tight end out for Kansas City. He was killing us. Our defense was letting him let us throw. We, he comes out of there, you know, we, and then Marcus throws a pass to himself for the touchdown. I think that was on fourth down. I mean, come on. We want to, we want a playoff game. Okay. I'll give him that, but that's, that's pure luck. Okay. The also, line also is, first, also first three consecutive winning seasons in franchise history with him as your quarterback. Now you're right, you're you're right, but we weren't. I mean, you're right there, Jared. Here's what I will tell you: we didn't let him down. Marcus let us down. I mean, I think if we would have had if we would have had Tannehill for the Indianapolis game last year, he would have went. Tannehill would have went in and won the game, and we would have went to the playoffs. I mean. Mariota didn't play in that game. You remember that, right? You know how he let everyone down. Oh, you don't think me. he let his team down? They killed me. Yeah, killed, he killed me. me too. I mean, he had to play that game. That right there is when I said, "Hey, you know what? He's not the guy." And then now, and these you know what? That's three- where. That, and thank you for your call, John. That's where a lot of fans, I think, kind of drew the line in the sand with Marcus that he wasn't the guy. The Titans did not draw the line in the sand. There. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like Floyd, it does drive me crazy how Floyd vehemently defends every decision the Titans decision makers make. It, it almost drives me up a wall sometimes. But Floyd, for the last year, didn't like Mariota. I mean, it was obvious on the show. We talked about it on Friday about how when you said that Joe Flacco was the better quarterback, I'm like, all right, you've made up your mind. And you were like, no, I haven't made up my mind. And, I, and even Ian was like, nah, you, you've made up your mind. Like, so that's where I look at this and I'm like, you know, you had already, you had already, you kept saying, you know, I think the GM's probably already made up his mind. And every time I heard that, that was you telling me that you've already made up your mind. Well, I'm sure. Am I right? Uh, no. Oh, yes, I am. I'm sure Ian. that, I'm sure that, uh, that Jay Robin, Mike had, I mean, they've, they discuss this after every game, probably after every practice. But then why didn't they just move on at the end of last year? Well, I mean, maybe they hadn't at the end of last year. 
And what are you going to do? You got a franchise. It's the same, just what we we're talking about. Had they been with them the whole time, they would have moved on. But because it was well, new co, new this, new that, we're going to, uh, and it'll make all the difference in the world. Will it really? I do believe, though, that that this is a card to burn that they're using because, like, let's let's be honest. If this season keeps going in this direction and the Titans finish four and twelve or something like that. I mean, I, I don't know how Amy Adams Strunk can keep those two guys in their in their jobs, especially Robinson. Oh no! But this, that's this year. They, yeah, there there won't be any changes this year. I mean, with those two guys. Well, you said that about no, Larkey, and he packed up as soon as they left. <laughs> Let's go back to your phone. Why do you keep acting like you don't know what went on there? You know, I mean, you keep you it's keep more throwing fun this it way. Yeah, it's, but you're telling Steve. them a lie. I'm not telling them any lies. You're telling them a lie. Not a lie. You're telling Steve them a lie. Steve is up next. Thank you for calling. What's up, Steve? Hey, what's up, fellas? Good show, like always. Thank but man, Jay Rob, talk time is over. Man, they done played that card. They played that card. I can't believe it. But they won't be able to blame my boy this week. But no, yeah, they did ruin it <laughs> because they took his coach and then didn't replace the roster according to the way it was built. But when we went to the playoffs, they tried something new, and it ain't working. And the only way they're going to win is they put Dalen Dawkins in and kick Lewis to the curb. Okay? <laughs> and if they – look, we're heading back to Wizard Hunt County. Okay? We are one – you know, we are some games away and might get the number one pick in the draft, the way things are going. But Miami's man, not going to win just, a game. You're already two up on them. Yeah, man. I mean, when Ryan Tannehill gets beat senseless, we just see what's happening. We got ten games to get it in, and talk time's over, man. We don't ran out of the cliches and the talking. Hey, we, we, time accountability. We ain't got nobody pointing fingers at, but J. Raw. Thank, Thank you, sir. Steve. As I said at the start of the show, strike two on John Robinson, and you know what happens? Three strikes, you out. This is the last strike he could take. And he's got no more strikes. they got to figure it out. You know what would be pretty amazing is if, let's say, Tannehill goes in there. Let's say Tannehill plays six games. And uh, Tannehill's, Tannehill leads them 6-0. and oh. So all of a sudden, the Titans are 8-4. and four. So now you're in position. I mean, now you're, you're okay. And they're 8-4. and four, And Tannehill gets hurt like he always does. And now we're looking at Marcus at 8-4 and four, like, we still love you, Marcus. Like, we, we do love you, Marcus. We don't not love you. That's going to just be great. It's, it could be awesome. Now, I, if there's anybody that can, can take a team through that, it would be Vrabel because Vrabel can sit down with Marcus and say, look, I watched Drew Bledsoe with a $100 million contract sit on the bench and come back in and win us the AFC title game. So at least Vrabel does have that in his back pocket. But, boy, that would be a situation. Let's go to uh, A.G., Who's up next here on Jared and the GM? What's up, A.G.? They ruined him. John Robinson and the Tennessee Titans ruined that fine young man. <laughs> they they hey. ruined him, A.G. Hey. And then you got the nerve to sit down and ask Mike Vrabel what happened to Marcus Mariota. Man, there's plenty of quarterbacks that come to the league and light it up their first two, two, a year or two and then get a slaughter, man. Come on, man. And then the offensive line, is players on the offensive line that we done seen that can play good football, man. So, it is fixable, man. And John Robinson and Amy Adams Strong, come on, if John Robinson loses his job today, he probably get hired almost anywhere in the NFL, man. This man know how to uh, uh, pick out talent. Sometimes you're going to miss those. 
I mean, maybe. I mean, thank you for your call. It depends on what you mean. Would John Robinson get any <laughs> any GM job in the NFL if he got fired today? I don't think so. Because the guy to my left had a lot more skins on the wall, and he never got a second shot at being GM, which I don't know how that happened. I, Kansas City must be kicking themselves right now because you look at that defense at Kansas City, and if they had you, whew. But, um, but I mean, I, again, that – Say whatever you want, Robinson. My, my official line of Robinson, strike two. And, and that's okay. A lot of guys hit home runs with two strikes. Let's see if Robinson can. We'll get back to your phones, but coming up next, Fitzy going to join us live from Bristol. What does he think? What do they think at the national level at ESPN? What do they think? about Marcus Mariota? What do they think about Ryan Tannehill trying to lead the Titans? What do they think? Any shot, any chance this season can be salvaged. We'll discuss all that next with Jason Fitz. Live from Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House against Smashville Live here tonight at the location in East Nashville. There are friends come on out. They were the winner of the best gourmet pizza, best international pizza, best non-traditional pizza, and best vegetarian pizza by the International Pizza Expo in Las Vegas. Come on out to Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House out here in East Nashville, Smashville Live tonight. Jared and the GM, it's ESPN 1025, the game. Why make this move and why make it now? You know, we're, we're trying to, you know, get a little spark, trying to evaluate what we're doing and, and how we're functioning as an offense. And, um, you know, wanted to give them some time with, with Taylor and kind of Nate's progression and kind of what we were doing. And just felt like now was the time. And sitting at that game, sitting where I was, made the decision during the game. And then, you know, just was able to think about it, evaluate it, and move forward and make a decision to, to try to spark the offense, to try to do something to, to get us going, to score some points and uh, to help us win. Is the I was looking for a spark, is that like the nice way? That's like breaking up with someone, right? Like, it's not you, it's me, but really it's you. It's like, Mike, why did you make the change? Well, Marcus sucks. You know, like you can't say that, right? No. But do you think that he's really looking for a spark? Because, quite frankly, I mean, this the offensive line is not going to get fixed because you made the move to Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I'm not even – and I'm not taking anything, any of the blame off the offensive line. We know how bad they've been. That's not what concerned me last week. What concerned me was bouncing a five-yard out for a first down. I mean, this is the NFL. You cannot throw that ball in the NFL. I know, but he had one bad game. I don't care. That was not bad. That was horrendous. Steve McNair's had bad games. And nothing like that. You put his Steve butt on Steve never, ever bounced a, a five-yard out. Vince I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's and – and I'm not blaming on one play. I mean – I mean, it would have been easy for him to say, you know what, the, you would have heard some smart guys saying, uh, were you at the last game? You know, that's all he would have needed to say. Everybody went, oh, okay. Yeah. So Vrabel I mean, was asked about his fire the quarterback uh, question line that he had a couple weeks ago. Vrabel's like, I was hoping that you all would think that it was a joke. And I kind of look at that as like, I mean, yeah, it was a joke and it was a smart-ass thing to say from Vrabel, but I looked at it like, you know, he said the, the way he said it when he said it two weeks ago about the, yeah, I'm glad there are less fired the quarterback questions. Like, 
I, the way that I interpreted him saying that was a, you know, smart aleck way of saying, you know, you people, all you do is talk about the quarterback. And so, you know what? It's funny. Now he plays well. Now no one wants to say anything. And now I'm looking at it like you made that crack a couple of weeks ago, and here you are now firing the quarterback. So how do you feel about it, Coach? But, I mean, I, Vrabel, I'll say this just from having been there, because I, I always think it's funny when people will, like, interpret what he says in a press conference, and they will say something along the lines of, uh, you know, it, Vrabel talked down to so-and-so. Like, Nick Kale yesterday was all mad at what Vrabel said to me a couple days ago. And I'm like, I didn't feel that way in there. I didn't feel that way in the room when he said such a being in the room today. I mean, it felt like, I mean, it felt like Vrabel was firing somebody he didn't want to fire. You know, it was, well, nobody ever wants to fire somebody, you know, that's, I know, but I it's mean, a lot easier to tell, you know, Perry Phoenix to beat it than it is to. Well, yeah. Know, if, if, but, but if you have to do it in front of the whole world, I mean, that makes it a little bit tougher. You know, you got to stand up there in front of all the press. I mean, if you're just, if you're working at an insurance company and you tick me off and I'm the owner and I say, hey, you know, we got to make a change, you got to go. I mean, I don't have to turn right around and go sit in front of, you know, 50 cameras and 100 reporters and they're asking, you know, bouncing questions off your head. I mean, they don't have to do that. But in our business, you do. And that's part of it. Everybody accepts that. But nobody likes it. Let's go back to your phones. Chris is up next on Marcus. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Chris. Good evening, gentlemen. I have returned back. <laughs> Titans of truth. <laughs> yes, indeed. I got three points to make on this. First off, you asked earlier, did, did the franchise fail Barkin? In a lot of ways, yes, they did fail him because the white people have not been around him. We had inexperienced coordinators and inexperienced coaches. Uh, no, now, Mike Larkin was an experienced coach. I'll say that. I'm talking about Vrabel. Vrabel and Arthur mm-hmm. Smith, inexperienced, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They have not put him in the right position to succeed. On the other hand, Marcus has failed the franchise, too, because what he has done was two years ago. We always say, this is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. And right now, ever since that on the nerve, Marcus has not been the same. Missing receivers, taking unnecessary sacks when they're not there, seeing ghosts of pass rush. That's, that's not good, and it showed that maybe he's not the guy. Hate that, you know, he has to be benched, but so be it. We're going to go on to Tannehill. Second point, I just don't know if Vrabel is the right coach for this team because, I mean, it just seems like he has no answer do anything. Jared, you were asking questions. Teron asked you questions in the press conference. It just seems like he's lost. Like he just he got promoted to manager and has no idea how to manage people or anything. And it's just it, he seems lost. Like he has no idea. You know and what I hate that, about that, Chris? Chris, I, I want to hit on this. I want to hit. I think that was a good point. And I want to hit on it. Do you know? Thank you for your call. Do you know what? First of all, I I, I feel like. With Vrabel, he's going to be a good coach, but he's going to be a good coach for somebody else. That he'll go four years here, not have a ton of success, be a D coordinator again for four years, and then be back to being somebody else's head coach, and he'll win them a Super Bowl. You know, kind of like Pete Carroll. You know, Pete was where? With the Jets in New England and didn't win a whole lot. Now Pete is a great coach in Seattle. 
Like, I think that something like that's going to happen with him. But I was thinking, has Vrabel really had any success in his career as a coach? Forget the playing career. But like when he was D coordinator, were they ever the number one defense in the league? No, they were 32nd. You know, like, and there were excuses to be made when he was with the Texans, and I get that. But it wasn't like Vrabel's, it wasn't like Vrabel had done anything as a coach that wasn't fully supported and flanked and because of his playing career. And I do wonder if Vrabel is unprepared for this job because he didn't spend a ton of time coaching. And the more that this kind of stuff happens, the more I do feel like Vrabel is constant on-the-job training. And I worry about how that's going to you know, affect him in his first job and how that will make him better in his second job, if that makes any sense. I mean, every coach that gets hired that hasn't been a head coach, there's a learning curve. I know, but I mean, if you've been an assistant coach any... for 50 years, it's different than, you know. No, it's different. Being a head coach is different. And that's why I say, if you until you've been a head coach, there's really nothing you can do to prepare for it. And that's why you'll see guys. Um, I remember with Jerry Glen when I was with Jerry Glenville, Jerry would go into meetings with, with owners and, with, and would invite me along just so I could see it and experience it and listen to it and, and all of that kind of stuff. And, and I always thought that was great because, I mean, there are things that go on in those meetings that, you know, you can't imagine and things that you never thought about just as a coach. You say, well, I don't, I don't want to worry about that. I just want to worry about getting my players ready to play. Well, sorry, there's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. And when you become a head coach, that is, you know, trebled, quadrupled, whatever. I mean, it just is immense. And, in, and if you haven't done it, I mean, it's tough. Mike is up next on Jared and the GM live out at Boomba's in East Nashville. Smashville Live here tonight. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, thank you, fellas, for having me on. And uh, I, I guess I'm in the camp that uh, the, 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 the team has, has ruined him. And I'm going to tell you specifically when, okay? And, and when I say the team, it's not just Robinson or any one particular player or position group. Really, if you go back to 2016, when he had his most successful year, what did he have in place? He had... Mike Malarkey, an experienced offensive coordinator. Okay, he had two bookends on the offensive line that were playing at a very high level. But, but but those guys aren't playing like that. Those guys haven't played like that since then. Okay, <laughs> the the receivers were making great plays for him. They even had a vertical passing game with. Uh, uh, um, Richard making great plays. That's a good All point right? you make, Mike. Thank you for and, your call. That is a good point, is that Matthews, you go back to some of these Mariota highlights, first of all, a lot of them, he has a clean pocket in. A lot of them are made by Matthews. And I don't know why, because I don't even like Matthews, but you wonder how much the Matthews thing, when you look back on it, how much that effect affected Mariota. Well, Matthews, but you've got to overcome it if you're going to be in yeah, NFL Matthews was the only guy he had. Matthews and DeMarco. You know, that's... Contract Kindle right. Yeah. <laughs> coming up next here on Jared of the G, more your phone, 615-737-1025. But coming up next, is John Robinson getting a free pass? And should the Marcus failing be on his hands? 
And how do the fans feel about John Robinson today? We'll get to that next. 615-737-1025. It's Jared and the GM on ESPN 1025, the game.